Hi friends, I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. We are live. Oh my goodness. We made it through our technical issues. Yeah, they've been happening way more frequently than I would like. More than we'd like to admit, I would say. But we are admitting it because... Struggle is real, I Seriously. guess. Technology. But we're here. We've made it. You've made it. Barely. But you know what? You did. I did. For effort. I did get here. Barely, but Actually, I'm here. your laptop kind of fixed itself. But you know what? We're going to go with you fixed it. I was going to say. You solved that problem. Good thing, because I don't have it in me to fix my laptop today. So I'm really glad that she took one for the team and fixed herself. <laughs> Just don't have it in me today. She was really looking out for you today. She was like, this girl, she can't handle this one. No. But uh, welcome back to another episode. It's going to be a bit different of an episode today. We're not really telling a case per se. We're going to have a discussion about some true crime TV that we've been watching. Yeah. And we're going to potentially fit in a bit of a Q&A in here at some point. Um, but we are going to start off talking about some... Netflix documentaries, some stuff we've been enjoying. Netflix has been pumping out some good content lately, and uh, Katie has some. Katie's got some fun stuff for us. So yeah, we're just gonna have a bit of a different, light-hearted, if you will, really squeaky chair. Why did you? Why is your chair so squeaky? I don't know. Just all of a sudden, it's like uh, uh, uh. Well. Rather than getting interrupted by the dogs today, I guess we're going to get interrupted by our equipment, our chairs and our laptops. Your computer, my chair, they just have it out for us. Yeah. Um, I, but you, wait, you were tubing yesterday, right? I was tubing, yes. You tubed. I did. I tubed down a river. So jealous. It was not that nice out. Oh. We specifically went camping to this location so that we could tube this river for on Saturday and <laughs> the whole weekend was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So like Friday was gorgeous. Today is gorgeous. It's Sunday. Saturday was cloudy all day. Uh, we even got slight hints of rain on our tubing adventure. Love that for it you. It was actually nice because then the water is really warm. Yeah. Or feels really like, warm. And like feels it, really it warm, was yeah. fine. Like we all had a great time but like the whole time I was just like I'm going to wake up in the morning and it's going to be like full sun gorgeous out. And 30 I'm degrees. going to be really and... pissed. Like, why? It's been so nice for a month. And now you're back home in a hoodie mm-hmm. in your cold recording room. I am, yeah. But it was it was still really fun. I did go floating. We, we did a little family camp trip. and uh, Was the poopy there? My dog? Yeah. No, she no, doesn't. No, not your dog. Oh. Your parents' dog. Oh, no. My parents weren't oh. there. It was like kids camping. Oh, I thought this was, like, family camping. No, no, no. That's in a few weeks. And my mom doesn't go camping. She does cabins. Sandy is not about a tent. I'm not even sure she would do a trailer. Like, oh, I was going to say, if she had anything, I thought it would be, like, a motor home. But, like... No, no, no. Lake. She goes straight to the cabin on the lake. She just skips the whole <laughs> camping entirely. Like, even when we were kids, it was always cabins. Isn't that the name of a horror movie? Cabin on the Lake or something? Probably. And like also making yeah. me sound extremely privileged. Like, oh my god, I just go to a cabin on the lake every summer. Uh, we have a lot of lakes and a lot of cabins. We do. So they're not as luxury as everybody thinks. No, it's a pretty like standard thing to do on the island in the summer. But yeah, that's in a few weeks with the parents. But um, no, Sandy doesn't do tents or campsites. <laughs> no, as a whole, that's just surprising. like a no. That's a no. Okay. Yeah. I want to go camping. Not anymore anyways, because, so I've never been, I thought I had never been to this particular campsite before. Oh. Um, and so I was telling you my, were enlightened. telling my dad that, and he's like, oh no, you were there when you were like one. I was like, oh, oh yeah, thanks. So you dad, went, camp, that time. you went on camp trips before I could remember. And then at a certain point it was just like, no more of that. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a lot of work taking a kid camping. That's true. An adult camping is like a six pack of beer and some hot dogs and you're set. Yeah. You're not wrong. Same outfit for three days? No problem. <laughs> Kids is like Kids? 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sunscreen, toys, changes of clothes, all the shit they need, snacks and snacks and snacks. You, can't, uh. you mean you can't just feed them beer and hot dogs? No. Oh. Although, I do remember once I went camping with a friend, and I just remember watching their kid eat probably, like, six bags of goldfish crackers in, like, three days because they just didn't want to bring a lot of snacks, and they were like, screw it, it's vacation. So, Brandon is that child. Oh, my God. He's obsessed with Did goldfish you... crackers to the point where, like, I have our pantry in our kitchen within, like, with the glass jars for some stuff because I'm trying to be Khloe Kardashian. And <laughs> you want to be, like, the home edit? And the home edit as well. It's okay. literally my favorite show. Uh, it's the only reason I did that. I also, yeah, anyways, moving on from that. Uh, Brandon gets goldfish his crackers. own full jar of goldfish. Now, does he mix up the flavors no. or is he, like, classic? Cheese. Okay, see, I am also a goldfish cracker addict, so but weird. I like, I like a few flavors, I'm not gonna lie. They're all cheddar-based or cheese-based, though. True, 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 true. So, I zig, I, I don't really zag. I, z- I zig, but I don't zag. Yeah. We're like crazy, but we're not too flavored one? Ew. Which ones? There's a cupcake-flavored one. That's... I don't want a sweet goldfish. That sounds disgusting. All right, should we just get yeah, to it so, or what? Yeah, I feel like we both brought up, the, well, you brought up this documentary on I, Instagram. I posted about it on Instagram because it's, that, yeah. I, yeah, like mind-boggling. So I saw that and I messaged you and was like, do you want to talk about this? Because this case is, like, there's so many roller coaster moments in it where you kind of, I wouldn't say you sway your opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think that you're like moral, you go, you get put into moral dilemmas more than once throughout watching this. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably the best way of putting it. Well, right off the top. So I'm sure Just it'll be. Just to fill everyone in. I'm yeah, sure it'll be in the title, but we're talking about the uh, limited series documentary on Netflix, I Just Killed My Dad. It just recently came out. Um, it, it basically covers Anthony Tomplay, who... Uh, it opens with the 911 call of him saying, I just shot my dad or I just killed my dad. 911, where's your emergency? I just uh, killed my dad. And to your point that you were just saying, like a moral dilemma right off the hop, like he, yeah. when you hear that call, you're like, what the fuck? And you hear his tone of voice. It's just so it's flat. so, yeah, mellow. There's no fluctuation in it as he's saying it he's having this conversation with the 911 dispatcher that we find out throughout the documentary when we hear bits more of it and interviews and yeah his tone is just it like it's almost uncomfortable to listen to because you can't see him you don't know if this is him in shock or is this like, just the beginning of, like, a rampage that someone would have been going on. Like, we have no idea what this phone call is about to unravel. Yeah. I can't believe it only has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I thought this was a great documentary. This is actually, personally, and I watch every single of the true crime documentaries on Netflix, anyways, or, like, any of the streaming services I have. But this is was my favorite one in a long time. It was really well done, and like you said, yeah. it, just, it takes you on a roller coaster and, like, literally makes you question your own self and your own, like, totally. morals and how you feel about certain things, and it was just very, like, it was an eye-opening one with a, with a yeah. honestly, a great ending for, especially being where it's located. Um, I was talking Agreed. to one of the hosts from TNTC Pod about it because I posted it on Instagram and they responded. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, yeah, like, especially for Louisiana, like, where this took place, the outcome that ended up happening is, like, incredible and actually an example of, like, the justice system working in yeah, a strange they way. they were trying to look out for him once they knew about him, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, um, let, so uh, I'll let Katie the, do yeah. some talking. Well, no, I'm, this is exactly what this is for. I feel like we both have so many opinions and feels and just the thoughts that go through your head. Because, again, it's only three episodes. The yeah. first episode called I'm Not a Killer, which is, 
I think also why we're so confused when it starts out with him just saying, uh, I just killed my dad. And that's how all we hear. Obviously, police arrive. They find exactly as Anthony explained. Um, and from there, they start, I wouldn't say a terrible investigation. Um, no. no, I don't think the investigation was terrible off the bat. I think that they should have I maybe mean, been more uh, helpful to Anthony rather than right at the gates, just assuming that he was just like a bad teenager. Yeah. Because keep so in mind, speak, if, you, there is if you haven't moments. watched the documentary, you should. Um, but Anthony is 17 years old when he calls 911 to say that he just killed his dad. Um, so, you know, are you dealing with some teenager that was gaming or didn't get their way or their dad said they were going to take their... Because like, it a spoiled brat. Right, because we've seen lots of those as well. And yeah. so it's... Yeah. Um, hold on one second. I'm going to open this actually because I was thinking about something the other day in the first episode. Um, and it's also too, like in the 911 call, when the 911 dispatcher is saying like, do you have any weapons on you? Can you like go outside to the curb? Mm -hmm. Even the way that he's like, oh, yep, the officer's here. Yeah. Yep. They're here. It's super it never transactional. Changes to the moment he hangs up that phone, that's the perfect way to explain it. You're right. Mm -hmm. He's just having this one-on-one -on -one conversation about. It's pretty much like someone calling to say, like, "Hey, what is the soup of the day? Oh, today it's this, this, this. Okay, thanks, bye." Yeah. Like it. There's. Uh, you can You would never believe they're talking about a human life in that phone call. Well, in the trailer, somebody says it was like. The scariest thing about Anthony is that he's just kind of a blank slate. I don't know if he has empathy. The scariest thing about Anthony is he's just kind of like a blank slate. I don't know if he has empathy. But the mm -hmm. like you learn so much about that as the documentary unfolds and I and I think that was one of the most interesting things for me about the documentary is like you really start out being like is this dude a sociopath? Like, does he have empathy? Yeah. Does he the have feelings? The first episode sets him up to sound like he's quiet. Mm -hmm. He's non-engaging. He has no social skills. He doesn't want to talk. He has no ambition to help. Yeah. But when asked questions, he's very forthcoming with information and seems to answer very honestly. So I think this is where people almost found like a discomfort when interacting with him. Yeah. Because there there was that lack of emotion. There was just nothing. It was like someone had unplugged a fuse in him. Yeah. Yeah, so he told the 911 operator that he shot his 53-year-old father Bert. Um this is in June 2019. And he said, he tried to attack me, then we got into a fist fight, then I ran into his room, closed the door, and got a gun. As I unlocked the door, he tried to, and then I shot him. I just killed my dad, I shot him three times. Um, now, the, now the guns were Burt's. Yes. And, and they were preloaded. Yes, preloaded, they were Burt's, and he had two of them. Yes, yeah. just for a time frame, it, it's... He doesn't run and load the guns. They were preloaded and set up for easy access. We come to find out that Bert was quite a, we'll say, security connoisseur. Oh my god, that's... Thought the worst of the world, so he was kind of prepared for anything. Uh, yeah, I, I saw it more as just, like, another way to control. Like, I don't even know if it's like he thought the worst of the world. He just, like, needed to be in such constant control all yeah. the time of the people in his house. And, like... And I think it's interesting, though, how the dad's girlfriend, the way they have her interview throughout it, and kudos to Netflix, because this is amazing on their part. Mm -hmm. She's a big factor to the, uh, like, moral and emotional roller coaster throughout it, I feel like, from the things that we learn from her. However, there's moments where you're really upset with her mm -hmm. as you find out information online. But in the first episode, she says, you know, oh, we have this camera. It's called the car camera, and it shows down the driveway. Great. That makes sense. But then as it goes on, we start to learn about where there's more cameras, more security features. Yes. And we find that Bert is surveying, survey, 
surveilling. <laughs> oh my god, I could not get the L in there. <laughs> like the entire property, mm-hmm. including his girlfriend, uh, come to be wife, I believe, and her son who's living in the home who is the same age as yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Um, well, like the video clips of like as soon as she pulls in the driveway, he's like running out right by her car. Like, well, she even says the second I got home, she he would know how many bags of groceries I had in my car. Yeah. Like the second her car was, well, let's put I'll explain a little bit. So the camera looks like it's just inside the garage or carport, so you can see like the tail end of the two cars that would be parked there, but you can also see out in front of the carport where there's like another area of cement where there would be his truck. So it's like he has permanent surveillance on his girlfriend, anyone coming and going from the property, as well as surveillance on their back patio, which leads out onto like a cement landing into their yard. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't seem like too, too much when you first think of it. You're like, oh, three security cameras on a family home. That's not so bad. So, like, at first you're like, okay. I think it kind of depends what you're using them for, though, when you, right? Like, yeah. when you come to find out that they're not security cameras and they're actually just cameras to stalk his entire family, like, that's really extreme. Weird. And then, like, yeah, and he also, like, went through all of their phones. Like, that was what Anthony told police that they were fighting over was that, he thought because uh, his girlfriend Susan is her name and him had broken up a couple months before this incident happened. And so Bert thought that Anthony was communicating with Susan through with text Susan. or something, which like would make sense because she's his stepmom and that's who like raised him. Um, well, and but she was like the only person that was ever really that nice to him. It sounds like we come to find out. So why wouldn't he reach out to her when he wants someone who's going to support him? Yeah, but Bert I was agree. irate about this and wanted to read the messages yes. and just like very, 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 very extremely controlling with everything. So like Anthony literally just had no life mm-hmm. that wasn't monitored and watched and approved. Yeah. I felt like, and I mean, we're not quite there yet, but like episode two, just like too much. Tomas. What do you mean? Well, I guess we can get into it. We can just move on. Yeah. So beginning of episode two, we get a little more backstory into Anthony's early life Mm -hmm. and we learn about his mother. Yes. Like, where is his mother in this picture? Mm Mm-hmm. And why isn't she stepping in? Why isn't she raising him? It just raised a lot of questions. Yep. So introduce Anthony's mother. And sister. And sister. Mm -hmm. And grandmother, actually. Yes. Basically, we get introduced to a whole (laughs) new... And we essentially find out that Bert... Big bad Bert. Kidnapped Anthony when he was five years old... From his mother. Right from his backyard. Right from his, well, yeah, basically right from so his grandmother's house. So they live in like a house. little, yeah, they're in a trailer park. His mom and his grandma live side by side. And his mom had thought that she had seen someone following her, stalking her, looking out after her kind of thing. So she had been keeping Anthony in the house. He wasn't even allowed to play in the yard. Finally, she hadn't really seen or heard anything in a bit. So she thought that maybe it had passed in the back of her mind, knowing that it was Bert that was trying to essentially get the son is how she worded it at first, because he knew that that was like the ultimate form of abuse and way to like torture her was to take her baby. But he tried to be like, I just want my son. I want my boy, blah, blah, blah. But that's not why. No. No. So finally she thinks she's not being followed. She lets Anthony go out into the backyard to play for the first time time come to find out Bert has been sitting like a hundred yards away in a bush watching the property in a bush and the second he saw Anthony out there he just like walked up and snatched him and took off yep now it is to note that Bert is quite well off he's comfortable in his career he's well paid I believe he's an engineer of some kind Mm -hmm. and Anthony's mother is not. Yeah. 
she lives a little bit more like eight mile wrong side of the tracks. And like they met when she was going through a really hard time and Bert really took yeah. advantage of that. And then she had their child and he became extremely controlling because that's what they do. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he had all the money and he and she decided she didn't want to live like that anymore. And so but like he didn't take him that was the deal. She said, I want nothing but Anthony. And he was like, fine. But then because she got something she wanted and she won, yes. he needed to get Anthony back. Yeah, and he didn't want Anthony because he wanted Anthony. He wanted Anthony because it was the, like you said, because the ultimate form of abuse and continuing to have control over her yeah. happiness and life. Yeah. And so he used um, this child as a pawn. Yeah, it's... Like that's all Anthony so, was for his whole life was just a pawn, which is so freaking sad. I was just going to say it's so sad, too, that his mom shows these pictures of him, like, being hugged and at little kids' birthday parties and just, like, playing with his cousins and stuff. And to be honest, like, the life he had at his mom's, even though it was low income and they struggled, he looked so loved and so happy. Mm-hmm. And he, like, I, couldn't even remember them. Like, he didn't remember any of that because Bert had brainwashed him so much into thinking that his mother was a drug addict and didn't want him and so Mm -hmm. anthony had no memory or like recollection of that relationship Mm -hmm. and that was hard to watch too yeah and his uncle went on the record saying like oh anthony bert treats anthony like a king from the outside looking in because from the outside looking in he thought that he let him play video games Mm -hmm. all the time and do whatever he wanted but what he was actually doing is just isolating Anthony. Yeah, so that's a that's a good place to start. So Anthony was never allowed to go to school. He wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to go to school. He wasn't given a homeschooled education. Um, obviously, have friends. My, I feel like he, and the same with this is how I feel about the cameras as well. Is because he kidnapped Anthony. He needed to keep twenty four seven surveillance on him. And not allow him to go to public school so that he wasn't found. Okay, there is one thing that Anthony says in the second episode and it gives me chills down my spine. He goes, it's a lot easier to control a dumb person. Yeah, that too. And he purposely didn't educate him so he didn't have the tools to be successful and he would be dependent on him because that's just another form of abuse. Yep. Yeah, so this child, kidnapped by his own father at five years old, was then raised... Yeah, with no education, wasn't allowed to go anywhere. He was never allowed to do sports. He didn't really have friends. I mean, his video games were the only thing Bert really did give him. Well, then when he finally says, like, I want to get a job and stuff like that, like, his dad is the one to, like, decide where he can work mm-hmm. and set that up for him and everything. Yep. Um, but back to, like, the education part, because oh, that yeah. one is a big one. I just totally jumped ahead. Yep. But remember when his... Like, I'm going to say stepmom because we know what role she plays in his life. But mm. Bert's ex, ex, that she said she used to make him write out the alphabet from A to Z, mm. like as if he was punished because he was, he would have been trying to go to school at like a sixth grade level as like a 16 year old in the class or yeah. something like that. And it's like, that's so embarrassing. So she knew that he couldn't get put in school for other reasons and just for his own development. And Bert had outright denied putting him in school before that. When producers asked her why he didn't get put in school, she just says, because Bert wouldn't even discuss the topic. Yeah. But yet, if Bert's working full-time and he said that his grandma's been homeschooling him, why is there no... Like, workbooks being handed in. Why isn't there someone from the school district still checking in? Oh, he wasn't being homeschooled. He didn't do anything. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, if he was, then... I just don't understand how, like, a five-year-old... Because I'm going like, to assume his mom was probably registering him for kindergarten. Yeah, maybe. I feel like there needs to be, like, a little bit more record of, like, where kids move to. It can't just be, like, we're moving out of state. I'm unenrolling in the school. And they're just like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, there should just be, like, a little bit more tracking on the way of... Well, I think because he took him out of state, it was, like, immediately... 
Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how states work that much, but I know that they work quite independently for a lot of that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, same with laws, right? Because wasn't there something in the documentary where she had custody in her state, but then he took him out of state and then filed for custody out of state. And so then it was like, well, he has custody of him. I think they live in a state where... Like, physical custody counts for everything. Yeah. So, it just... Because once he was with one of them, they were like, he's mine. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot there that... I think the initial... When he got taken, I think that his mom just didn't have the resources. And... No, she says that she doesn't have... She literally ran out of money fighting him and couldn't afford to fight any longer. Yeah. Which is so sad that... Because he has the means to defend himself for longer, he just had to wait her out. Yeah. So finally, it kind of just got dissolved. She couldn't fight him anymore. So essentially, Bert won. Yeah. I did feel really bad for her because I feel like a lot of people will be like, I would die before I just lived my life without my child and I would do this, 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 and this. But like, like she's already living at zero. Not everybody has the means and the ability to do that. And like she was in an extremely helpless position. Yeah. You know, she had her like missing posters and stuff, but somebody who already has nothing, you know. Like what else can you give? And we've talked about like... that before too with like the level of Effort. It's like getting mad at your car when it runs out of gas and being like, why couldn't you just drive a little further? Yeah. It's like, well, you didn't have gas. Yeah, like, I truly believe that she just didn't have, and she was already so defeated by Bert. Good Food is Canada's number one meal kit service that delivers right to your door. Good Food makes cooking fun, easy, and affordable. They offer different meal plans to fit your needs like vegetarian, clean 15, easy prep, and the most popular basket, the classic basket. Every recipe is packed with fresh produce that comes directly from farmers and with good food. You can skip the trip to the grocery store and have everything you need to make your curated meals delivered straight to your door. Sign up for good food today using the code free podcast by proxy to get your first classic box for free. That's free podcast by proxy when creating your good food account to get a classic box on us. Hi friends, if you like what you hear and you want to get even more content from us, we're officially live on Patreon. Patreon is a subscription service where you can get early access to our regular episodes, get bonus episodes, live Q&A sessions, and more. Visit the link in this episode description to learn more and sign up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Podcast by Proxy. Katie and I are so appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us. If you want to support us even more, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing today. Yeah. And he had, keep in mind, everybody, he had like psychologically and physically abused her for years as well. Yeah. So not only does she have this financial weight over her, but she also knows what kind of person Bert is yeah. and what he's capable of. And knowing, too, that he could retaliate and take it out on Anthony, I'm sure had to have played a part in it, knowing that Anthony was with him at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to speak to the abuse, obviously we hear from um, Bert's girlfriend's son. I don't even remember what his name was, but... His stepson, essentially, who also grew up in the house and who basically confirms that there was a ton of abuse going on in the house constantly. For himself included. For himself included to the point where he left at a certain point and said, like, Mom, I'm not doing this anymore. And, like, went and lived with his dad or something. I think six months to a year before we come to find out that, you know, sorry, what was her name? Susan? Susan. She ends up leaving as well. But, yes, about six months to a year earlier... Uh, her son goes to live with his father because I believe that he's like literally went to like you said his mom crying saying like I cannot do this anymore because the abuse was getting so bad he said he used to like throw a box of Jenga at his head intentionally and like Mm -hmm. hit him repeatedly yeah yeah so when Anthony's arrested um he claims self-defense of course and Mm -hmm. maintains his innocence in the situation and Mm -hmm. There's a lot of back and forth in the documentary about, like, well, was he in immediate danger? And I and that was a really interesting 
topic. It's literally the biggest question I've underlined. It's like, where do we draw the line between immediate danger and a long-term turmoil? And I think and we, eventual outcome. We had this conversation too when we covered a case. Um, let me find it. So when when we covered the case of Helen Nasland back in February of this year, she um no relation to Marcus Nasland. No relation to Marcus Nasland, but she pled guilty to manslaughter of her abusive husband and she killed him while he was asleep and claimed self-defense. Um, and this is yeah, a because sim- she knew the eventual outcome. And this is a similar sort of conversation of like systemic abuse. Wait, do we ha- where do we draw the line or like what is that? Yeah. And it looks different in every situation, but like yeah. Where do we draw the line in being able to make a judgment call on someone else's outlook of their situation? Of their, of their immediate danger. their level or perception of the danger that they're in right. is. Because, and they go into this yeah. in the third episode, I think, where they're talking about sort of, we get into the, um, the build-up to this. Like, this yeah. didn't just happen. This wasn't just like a regular... This wasn't a couple days or whatever. Right, it was like... You know, Bert always had control over everything. He controlled Susan. He controlled everybody in the house. He had his cameras. He, you know, had tabs on everybody's phones. And then he had a good job. He made a lot of money. So he controlled everybody's finances. And, like, he always had control and was, like, needed that control over those things. And so... We... And at work, he was like this easy breezy light guy, oh, yeah. apparently. And people were like, "How did he live these two totally different lives?" And yeah. it's like that's that's the real like yeah. But issue. But in then this we hear in the six months leading up to this incident, Susan left Bert, so he no longer had control over her or her movements. Her son, and her son had recently. Her left. son had also left, yeah. and then Bert lost his job. And then we find Mm -hmm. out he's also like $80,000 in debt. So Bert starts drinking. His behavior is consistently erratic and like worse than ever before. And you can imagine that every single day, Anthony was probably like, I wonder if this is the day that he snaps worse than before. And I die. Like, at, like to, to what you said, where do, who am I to tell somebody like, oh, well, he didn't have a knife coming at you, so you weren't in immediate danger. Mm-hmm. Because he felt um, like he was will, in immediate danger. Yeah, and we will go over the overall wounds um, as well. And where is the line of self-defense in the sense of how much damage are you to do to someone if you feel like it's self-defense? Because self-defense is supposed to be one shot and you stop. Mm -hmm. So that's also the other issue. Um, In Bert's, like, ongoing, almost, like, borderline psychosis of everything happening and this mental break he's happening, too, he does, like we said, go into hyper-paranoia. This Mm -hmm. is why he has the loaded guns. He carries a gun on him continuously which was new to him the guns were always in the home but he didn't always carry a gun um to my understanding so anthony was like he could literally snap at any moment he Mm -hmm. carries a weapon consistently yeah like it's it would take no time at all oh my god i just like saw i was just looking at a highlight thing but the part where susan's like i was what really concerned me is when he didn't know how to high five or who the big movie stars were like tom cruise and stuff like that yeah she just taught him the just to put in perspective he is like the most sheltered he doesn't watch movies he doesn't watch tv he's allowed to play his video games sounds like he didn't play them online or get to talk to anybody Uh And that was the only world he got to be part of. And he said that he would put on his headphones and just stay out of the way because Bert would just, like, be on a rampage the second he got home. It was easier to be invisible. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say that. So when we start to learn a lot more of that, the reason that he's so flat and seems like he has no empathy starts to get really clear, like... This isn't somebody yeah. who was born with no empathy and has, like, an anti 
personality, antisocial personality disorder of some type. This is somebody who has been forced to suppress and push every human emotion available down because it's easier than becoming a target because of those emotions, whether it's happiness or sadness or anger. Like he wasn't allowed to feel those things. And so he was conditioned to just not show any. Yeah. I agree 100%. Because then we see that very last scene is super powerful. Everybody in that house would mold everything they did around how Bert's days were going. Yes. Bert's attitude, the rules of the house, the surveillance, knowing you always have a camera on you. Someone's always watching you. Yeah. There's notifications when you come and go from the house. Yeah. Like... But yeah, that that last scene uh, at the end of the last episode where he just breaks down and you just see this person, you know, become, it's not even, it wasn't even like sad per se. It was like he, it was just like, he's, it was just very, it was very powerful. Like he's getting his emotions back. He's allowed to show them. He's allowed to like be himself. Um, and when somebody finally is able to like, yeah, kind of crack and that happens, it's, it's beautiful. So that was, it is. And that's the interesting part about this is we do get to have the first hand account from Anthony throughout the entire docu-series, which I love because in a lot of circumstances, uh, either that person is incarcerated and not able to participate or it's maybe through a skewed lens or that person is dead. Yeah. And so I think that we got a really interesting outlook too, to be able to hear from someone who came in as an outsider in Susan's perspective and mm-hmm. got to like tell us about it. And from Anthony's point of view to be able to say like, I don't know, I think she kind of saved him in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. However, it's like, how did you not report after being with him for years and calling Anthony your son how did you not stick up for your kids a bit more? But I think that's a big what if game. And we do find out that she was being abused as well. I was going to say, Bert. I feel like she so, was probably just terrified of him. Like yeah, a lot of people we, don't have faith in the justice system. And I know mm-hmm. that in this case specifically, the cops had been called and come over multiple times. And like asking Anthony flat out in front of Bert, oh hey, does your dad? It's like on the security Does your dad abuse you? And well, the like, risk of no. him saying yes to that, and then them not like, is essentially what he said was like, yeah, like even if they did take him, they he always would just come back the same day. Nothing ever happened to him, and so yeah, he said like he had lost faith that they would do anything because they've been there so many times and haven't done anything to help him yet. Right, like you can't ask somebody who's being abused in front of their abuser if their abuser abuses them if you if you're gonna allow them or if you're just gonna like send them back home. Like this person is gonna be like, well, the risk of me saying yes is. Far like, what are you gonna say? If I say I yes, get. are you gonna do something? Yeah. Like, so I think it's hard. I he, I see that a lot online, or you hear that a lot. Like, oh, they they had an opportunity to report it, or like even in Susan's case, like sure, but if she thought that he was just gonna come back and unleash the wrath, like you're not gonna do that because you're trying to protect your own safety. Because the, the I can't risk imagine is, a kid going through this, just like thinking about it. The risk of her being hurt, abused, and it, the treatment getting worse is yeah. so much higher than what she feels a reward would be, which is like thinking that they would actually do something about him, which I don't believe in this case that they would have at the time because they wouldn't have had any proof really. And like the police would yeah. have had to really, really dig like... It's not illegal to have cameras at your house. When we know that Bert wouldn't take Anthony for, like, medical care or dental care Mm -hmm. or for an emergency anywhere to get any medical attention. So I think also the risk of him really hurting you and knowing that you're not going to get any medical attention for it is another level of discomfort and fear yeah when you're walking on eggshells already in your house every single day you're not going to do a single thing that could potentially make that worse 
even if it's reporting into the police. Like I just Brandon even we were when we were watching it and there's like the the video footage of them being like, Oh, does he abuse you? And he's like, No. It's like he's standing right there. Like you can't ask What is he gonna do? Blink twice? Like <laughs> You can't do that. Like of course no. he's gonna say no. Um, also Susan's son's name is Peyton. I just saw it and I was like Oh my god, yes, because it's like Peyton Manin or something and Brandon was like yeah it's that kid's it's name is one Menino letter off. or something like that like, and we're like god I hope he doesn't play football it's like his cause... name is one letter off being Peyton Manning yeah <laughs> but yeah so to get into kind of like the charges and and all that stuff because the documentary also kind of follows the back and forth of um the DA specifically the female district attorney um we don't really like her a lot at the beginning, and then we do at the end. It's really interesting how they kind yeah. of like uh, the the edit they gave her. She's a very polarizing character, episode to episode, yes. and then it's it literally is like they slide from one end of the spectrum to the other, and then they kind of just end in the middle. <laughs> so many times, so Anthony is was charged with secondary murder, I believe. Um, and then it was eventually reduced to manslaughter, and then uh, he ended up pleading no contest to negligent homicide. So he was just released, given a sentence of five years of supervised uh, probation, and he got time cre- uh, credit for the time that he had already served in custody. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, didn't even get any jail time, five years probation. Yeah, they're going to be like, wow, dad. that just got bumped down and down and down to nothing and but that was a big part of the documentary was discussing like uh like proving in how and what are we doing with this case and like Like, proving an intent to kill and yeah just because it's such a and his legal team and people around him and in his community went above and beyond for him seeking out more information also talking to Teresa, his mother, Susan, his stepmother, Peyton, the stepbrother, and getting a whole picture of what the house looked like. And to some credit, I think the video surveillance actually helped when making a case for Anthony in his defense, um, because it did show just how under the microscope he was. Mm-hmm. And how cut off from the outside world he was. Yeah, yeah, it was a really incredible outcome. I was actually super shocked at the, not in a bad way. Like I was so happy that this system. No, I feel like they worked in his favor. Good. Like, and the DA even said, like, this kid's not a risk. He's not a risk to reoffend. What's the value in placing somebody who's already had his entire life stripped away from him? Hasn't been given an opportunity to get educated. Hasn't been given an opportunity mm-hmm. to thrive. He is and just coming out of jail. He literally hasn't even been able to show like, that he can be a functioning member of society. Like, no. So what's it, what's the benefit to locking him up again? So I really am. Um, they they did a really good job. I think that the fact that they truly weighed in quality of life mm-hmm. and his mental well being yeah. to when sentencing him is shocking and like you said also where this takes place that can be difficult yeah i mean it can be anywhere i think we just have some states and countries and provinces wherever you are that are more progressive and more understanding yeah Um, yeah so it was a really really incredible outcome again it was one of my favorite true crime documentaries that netflix has done in a really long time i thought it was a really great example of just the justice system not being black and white and Mm -hmm. you having to really sit down and have those questions and like not everything is answered with a piece of legislation or a textbook um people's lives are sometimes we just can't even fathom what goes on behind closed doors and like human behavior is just so much more complicated than like oh he shot his dad so he murdered him um and it Mm -hmm. yeah just made you think so much well, that's why I was going to say earlier about we'll come back to how many times he was shot is one of the controversial elements to this entire case was that so Anthony is being followed by his dad towards his bedroom. He goes in, grabs the guns, and he shoots his dad through the door originally. Now his dad, I believe, kind of falls into the door and it opens. 
Anthony then follows his dad back out because he turns to go the other way and shoots him again Mm -hmm. two more times, I believe, for a total of three shots fired, one of which missed him. Now, they were saying, does that show more intent, the fact that he shot once and then he physically had to follow him to shoot him a second time? Whereas Anthony's defense kind of said he knew that if he didn't, like, succeed in killing Bert, Bert was either going to get up and fight back or he would spin this in a way that Anthony would still lose his life one way or another. Yeah. Whether Bert came back and hurt him or he went to jail himself, yeah. his life would be even more over. Yeah. And I think prison would still be a better quality of life than what he had there. He'd interact with people every day. Like, isn't that sad? Oh, it would have been way better. Uh, and yeah, it is, but... Um, yeah, 100%. He definitely knew that if he didn't finish the job, so to speak, you know, he his life was going to be over in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I say, like, the definition of intent, like, I don't know, it's just so different to me now. No, like, watching yeah. this, it's like, there's so much that goes into somebody intending to do something or having, like, making a split second decision like there's so much more to it than like oh i just want him to be dead it's like in this case it was the case of survival i was gonna say i think the way that we have to like flip our mindset with this is he wasn't sitting there thinking like when i kill him this is what i'm gonna do he's sitting there going how do i where are my emergency exits yeah exactly where am i getting out of this how am i getting out of this survival and you know what for what he was five till seven, so 12 years, he was invisible, and that's what worked. Mm-hmm. But Bert changed. Yes. Bert snapped, and he changed, and like he wanted to isolate him so much that he literally told him his mother had died. Yeah. And then come to find out she didn't, and oh my god. Like he had a whole family that One, loved him. Yeah, one moment that I thought was, like, super crazy, just, like, totally solidifying the lack of emotional intelligence that Anthony had is when he finds out his sentence and him and his lawyer are standing outside and his lawyer's crying Mm -hmm. and he's like, this is the best we could have asked for. Mm -hmm. And Anthony's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, he doesn't even know how to show appreciation Mm -hmm. because I don't think he's ever had stuff done for him or people treated him nicely. I will say, um, because of course there's a whole complicated saga of now he's reunited with his mom and his grandma and they, you can imagine like they, they, he was kidnapped from them at five. They were adults. They remember this. Um, they've been looking for him and missing him for 12 years. And his mom's like, I just want to hug him. I thought though that it was incredibly emotionally intelligent of her that she, she understood those boundaries. Like. She wasn't just like, oh, like, I'm going to hug him. I missed him so much. She was like, I want to do this, but I know that he doesn't have to really do it remember right. me. And that could be really overwhelming. And she was like, oh. I wanted to give her, like, a gold medal for how... And then when she goes, I know that right now all I can be is his friend because he doesn't know who I am and we needed to build a relationship. There was and... just so much, like, emotional wherewithal and, like... Oh. God, she is so strong. Yeah, and, like, really respecting that somebody else, like, isn't where you are. And, um, like, respecting boundaries that aren't even really put up. Like, Anthony couldn't put up his own boundaries. He didn't have the skills to do so. So she, like, did it for him and didn't overstep. And I just was like, wow, this is a yeah. this is great. I thought- Whether she got the help beforehand, knowing that Potentially. if she was to come home, it was going to be hard great on her kudos i just think it's it's the same value but either way she had the wherewithal to truly put him first still it's just a good example of like meeting people where they're at and like not like understanding that like you might want something from somebody in a relationship but they aren't always equipped to give that to you and like if you love them and you still want them in their your life you just have to like meet them there and i thought that was really interesting because his Grandma was a little bit more like not in a bad way. She just missed her grandson, but she was like, "Yeah, she's oh, like, I missed you so much. I love you so him. much." And I and hugged him, and he was just like, "Oh, thanks." Like there, you could tell yeah. he was like uncomfortable. But I don't know. I was just I was impressed with how 
his mom handled that situation for Well, and he him. has a sister, too. Yeah. Like, she was there, and she did the same thing. She sat back and just... They just chatted, and yeah. it was really sweet that his mom makes a cake every year on his birthday, mm-hmm. and this is the first time since he was five years old but they've had it together. that she's got to have cake with him. Yes. And so they sit down, and they have, like, what looks like this, like, delicious homemade chocolate it cake. Did look good. <laughs> so... Anthony, so his probation started in 2021. Like, this is quite recent. Um, Yeah, he's newly enrolled in probation. (laughs) So he'll be on a five-year term. He's 20 years old now. He just started his probation. So that's great. He's out of jail. And this has all been resolved. And again, like, we're very happy with... And probation's probably going to be amazing for him. Mm -hmm. Because as someone, again, as we know, my mother was a probation officer. That could mean that she could have him check in any like up to five times a week it could be a daily check-in if he was someone who was high risk now he's not so his supervisor is probably going to be helping him get life skills setting him up with building an application for a job yeah things like that so i looked it up as part of his probation he is required to obtain a high school diploma he has to attend counseling uh, and either find a job or go to school full-time. So either after his high school diploma, you either get a job or you're in university full-time. If he Good. is able to do all that and gets through his probation and everything, his criminal record could eventually be just wiped. Expunged? Yep, expunged. <gasps> yeah. Could you imagine just poof and he gets to just... Start over. Like a regular life yeah. as a new person. That's the other thing. I was really impressed with his mom, just like how she spoke. When she was just saying to him, like, I've started yeah, she's wonderful. I've started over tons of times. Like, I was just like, yeah, right? When she was like, I've started over like she's t- not, a ton of She's of a realist, yeah. I think, is what's nice about his mom. Is she's not like, he's going to come home and we're going to be the best family ever. And this mm-hmm. and she's like, we're broken. We're going to all fix ourselves together. Yeah, like, she just, Let's just like, a, like, again, just allowing him to be like, yeah, it's not going to yeah. be the same, but we all start over and that's where you're going to go. We love mom. We love her. And while Anthony is out on probation and completing his enrollment uh, to his GED program, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. um, is what he's going to be doing, as well as completing any type of uh, out programs he has to do. He is living with Susan and Peyton. Yes. And Susan said that it was never even a thought that she would take him in when he came out. Uh, She saw the abuse. She saw who he was. And she said, like, that's my son. Yeah. He's my boy. Yeah. Like, the second she moved in and she was teaching him life skills and school skills and just really took him under her wing. And I think that's maybe part of the reason she stayed so long. Yeah. Well, and Anthony's not her child. She couldn't take Anthony and walk away. No, and well, and like you said though, like she was in the house and she saw what was going on, and like this case at the very beginning was very much treated like. Priv- she was team Bert. Not that, but like just like a, some privileged rich kid killed his dad, right? Like, oh, I totally had the vibe that she was team Bert. I thought it was like stepmom is like. Oh, I have the world's worst stepson kind of thing. Because I knew nothing about this going into it. And that was the way I thought it was set up. Yeah. Yeah. And they did really set it up that way where you just think that, like, Anthony's some brat. But I think that there's always that question still, like, before they start answering it, like, like, why, though? Like, usually... Yeah. Usually there's a reason, and it's, like, a lot more, I don't know, obvious. And like, like, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, (laughs) this one was very much like, what? Like, that doesn't even... Because they set it up, you know, Bert makes $100 an hour, and Anthony, you know, gets whatever he wants and gets yeah. to do whatever he wants and plays video games. And it's like, but does he? Because, like, he gets to do whatever Bert wants him trying, to do. Yeah, I think they were trying to emphasize that point. Like, his uncle said, like, oh, he's just a teenager that's treated like a king. Yeah, like, but then you... But it's it's so... Confusing. Look and so a I little know closer, you, people. I know that like, you said, like, um, Bert was a completely different person at work, and he was able to like completely turn on the charm and be just like this chill guy and everyone was like how did he live this crazy yeah, he just kind of flew under the radar i just don't see how anybody else didn't see it unless he really was a chameleon that was like able to be this super charming family guy in front of everybody else like i just don't see how you wouldn't notice but they didn't do family dinners right. they didn't do holidays right 
they he controlled all that so i think that it was only who lived under that roof ever got to be part of anything yeah and otherwise anthony stayed home mm-hmm. and bert went to something right. like i think he just totally shut anthony out from the world yeah but i agree i think it's hard to believe at times that nobody else knew that something else was going on yeah yeah it was really interesting it was again one of my favorite documentaries if you haven't watched it i highly recommend it it's gonna make you question your own self um but I'm very happy with the outcome for Anthony, and I hope that he, I mean, he's only 20. He has so much life ahead of him. I hope that he can really do something great with it and enjoy himself and just, like, live his best and be who he wants to be. And I think he will because he just seems like once he finds something, he'll have that drive and he's finally free. So I think he just will be excited to try things once he, you know, acclimatizes and adapts a little bit. Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't talk about, it was actually so crazy to me. He didn't even know his own birthday. Oh, yeah. When the cops first show up and they go, what's your name? What's your birthday? What's your address? He didn't know his own birthday. He didn't know his birthday. And then when he's asked his address, his stepmom said the first time she asked him that he gave just his zip code. And she goes, but no, like, sweetie, like, what's what's your street? What's your house number? And he's like, I I don't know. Because if. He didn't know how to get home. There was a fear of getting lost. Yeah. So he wouldn't leave the house. Yep. Yeah, this was a wild one. There's just so much. Like, we couldn't have even There's, yeah. possibly... Uh, like It's easy to skip something. For example, like, they found his biological mother through, like, this DNA researcher girl who had, like... Found her own biological parents by doing genealogy. Like Do you DNA remember when tests. they introduce her? And they reach out to her and she's like... Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the file. Like, and then like two minutes later, she's like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's how they find his mom and his grandma. Like the whole thing. I mean, we couldn't possibly fit everything in because we wanted to discuss it more than anything. And this story is just like it's just, little tiny bits that build and build and build. It's not just one big bombshell like we expect sometimes with a true crime story. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's but yeah, I just could wild. not imagine being in Anthony's position and feeling so trapped and alone. Yeah. But yeah, have you watched, uh, I feel like you, you know, wrapped it up there. Have you watched anything else yeah. lately that you have been enjoying? Well, as, because I was so late to the game, as I mentioned last week, I finally watched Inventing Anna. Oh my God, stop. I watched that in like so February old. when I was in Mexico. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but you, everyone's talking about it, so I finally was like, "Did you like it? Did you love it?" I did. I really did. Yeah, Julia Garner is insanely talented. It's wild. Although that accent, and I know it's supposed to be bad. Oh, it's bad, but it's like pretty. But close. it's like good bad. Have yeah. you watched any of? Um, oh, of course, I had to look up actual, the real interviews. Yeah, after so it's because pretty I needed close. to see the interview. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's give it to good. her. Also, the show Blackbird, it's on Apple TV, but I'm streaming it somewhere else illegally. Stop. Um, It's so good, but you know the guy from the, do you know the movie The Kingsman? No. Okay. I don't know movies. I just need you to pull up Google for a second. Okay. And I need you to just like type into the Google machine. Wait, is that a Heath Ledger movie? Taron Egg, no. Oh, then no. I need you to type in Taryn Egerton. Oh, I'm not typing in The Kingsman? No, I mean, you could, but Taryn Egerton's going to give you, like, a new picture of him. The Kingsman's kind of Oh, old. here we go. Okay. Okay, so, first of all, like, Aichiwawa, <laughs> this guy is smoking hot. Really? I don't think he's that hot. Oh, my God, you need to put your glasses on. <laughs> I do, you're um, right. I don't have them on. Also... It, yeah, I know. Oh, I was thinking uh, of a night's the, the tale show. Of Heath Ledger. <laughs> Not the Kingsman. Have you seen this movie? It's so good. It's from like nineteen ninety six. I love it. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. <laughs> um no, he's in this new show called Blackbird. Okay. And it's like based on true events and he is like kind of a 
smooth-talking drug dealer who gets roped into going in to kind of be like sell neighbors with someone to gather intel and information because this guy is like potentially on the hook for being like a local serial killer and they need to get more information yada yada I don't want to give away any more than that but like hot dang diggity it's so good it's super intense I am like almost caught up I have one episode to be caught up and it's so good and the guy in it who plays the like killer that he's trying to uh like gather intel on is such a good actor and his character is so awkward and uncomfortable but in like the best way that you want in a tv show well i need a new tv show because tonight i'm gonna rewatch harry potter as i do um, but I don't have any TV shows love right now, so I would love to do that. But I just feel like Netflix has been really pumping out a few good documentaries lately. Um, yeah. I watched The Web of Make-Believe. The Web of Lies? It, they, it's called The Web, Web of Make-Believe, Death, Lies, and the Internet. Oh, okay. Um, so the first episode, it's a six-parter. Oh, I think we talked about the first episode okay. of this. The, the swatting swat one. one. I'm, I still... Yeah, we talked I'm about I'm still this. on the swatting. It's... I think about it all the time. I'm literally still on it. Like, we were camping all and I time. was like, did you guys know... Have you heard? Have you heard that apparently in the Let video me game tell world, you. people are just sending legitimate SWAT teams to other people's houses? Y'all pull up a chair to this campfire here. And then, and then so somebody was like... <laughs> Why'd I get Southern? Who? Like... Imagine being the first person that ever did that and like, because somebody had to start this trend in the gaming but world. But did it start on like a tiny scale? Like what? But still. I guess not. It's swatting. It's, it's swatting. A GD SWAT machine. It's literally SWAT machine. SWAT teams. Like SWAT there is team. no like small scale SWAT team. So like, I no. just who was the first person that was like, you know what? I'm just going to fuck with this guy. Ugh, I'm going to send like a SWAT team to his house. Um, and then the other one that I was watching recently, did you watch it? The Most Hated Man on the Internet? Yes. Oh my god. And I hate him. Well, everybody hates him. So, so uh, <laughs> I don't, if you haven't watched it, you absolutely should. It's another limited series of three parts. Um, it's essentially this, like, horrific, it's not even a porn site, it's Basically, the guy who invented it's like reven- a revenge porn. The guy who invented revenge porn yeah. on like a large scale, um, very large. But he so after the documentary, of course, I'm like online being like, "Oh, where's this person now?" Because as part of his um, charges and everything, he's banned from social media. Well, he had a Twitter account up until about two weeks ago, until Twitter finally <sighs> took it down. Yeah. Because he started posting shit about the documentary and stuff. Oh my god. And so Twitter took him down. Like, bro, you're banned, Hunter Moore. Like, do you not get it? And then the other thing that I found on the online, people still, like, his stands are still out there. Like, if you search the hashtag for that kind of stuff, there are literally still people that are like, hashtag the family forever. Mm-hmm. Today, in 2022. Yeah. Or, like, they still use the hashtag, is anyone up or whatever. Yeah, be better. This is insane. Like just have better idols. We've talked about this before. Literally, what in the fucking MySpace is going on right now? Also, anyone out there, men specifically, if you're ever wondering why women don't like you and you are part of this group of people... That's why. That's why. For sure. It's just, it was, like astonishing to me especially because i used the internet a lot in like 2012 when this was occurring and i had no idea like hands up if you knew about this is anybody up website is anyone up website i didn't i'm sure some people did but like i had no idea and uh my mouth was literally on the floor the entire time because it was so outrageous it is outrageous um, I'm just actually pulling up a few other uh, streaming apps to double check that I haven't watched any real bangers lately. And by bangers, I mean like really depressing stories. Yeah, you do watch a lot more like streaming services than I do. Those are the ones that I really. Yeah. Well, I've been watching Chasing Ghislaine on Discovery Plus. Okay. 
it's obviously about Ghislaine Maxwell, but it's more about, like, her early life and who her dad was and, like, right. how she became who she is. Uh, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's good. It's insightful, right. although, fuck her. Yeah, and the, the other one on Netflix, I'm sure everybody's watched this one by now, The Girl in the Picture. I have not watched that so, yet. You'll be good to know. You're gonna, good to know. You're definitely going to have to. That one is actually really not similar to the documentary we talked about today, but, like, equally sad in terms of like child abduction and things like that like there's so much that goes on in that in that story and it's super super sad and like just also wild and a roller coaster so highly recommend that one again netflix has just they were i feel like we were on a bit of a lull with netflix documentaries for a while and they've just yep. like, really been pumping them out again and it's making me happy because i personally don't watch anything else on tv no at all. i don't really either i stream everything except for harry potter I got the so you, DVDs. Like your your Harry and the po- Harry and the Potter. <laughs> Harry and the Potter. Can we title this episode Harry and the Potter? Sure. <laughs> Love it. Well, actually, probably not, because then we might listen, not give people the spoiler alert they need. So no. That's true. What were you gonna say though? My Harry and the Potter is your Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah. I love me some Fast and the Furious. There's so many of those too. You have endless options. Shut up. There's like 15 We need movies. more. Stop. I was dying. I want like them eight. to run. I want them to be like the not fast and ancient by the time it's over. And it's just to be like Vin Diesel till he dies. Vin Diesel in a wheelchair just ripping. He'd have Nos on that wheelchair. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. You're funny. Well, I don't. We ended up chatting for a long time. So I don't know if we need yeah, to do I like this. a Q&A. We might have to just release the Q&A completely separately because we do have <gasps> questions and we do want to do it. Yeah. And honestly, I hate to break it to you, but if it didn't fit in here, guys, it might be a Patreon episode. That's true. So if you want to hear a Q&A, go on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast by proxy. Uh, you can get our exclusive bonus episodes. We just released one recently. Uh, early access to episodes, no ads, fun stuff, extra support, exclusive friend of the pod. I'll send you some stickers. Basically, I'm and I'm like happy to expand Patreon. If there's something you want to see on Patreon, let me know. Um, I'll make you a friendship bracelet if you personally ask me. But yeah, we'll have to. I don't know. I like crafts. We'll have to do a Q and A. Give me a project, probably. Yeah, give me a project, people. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's definitely different than normal. Sometimes we just like to have a chit chat and. Uh, well, Every once in a while, there's a documentary that we just need to get our opinions out it's on. It's true. And I will be back next week with a true crime case from Canada, as promised on this little podcast. I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck me.